Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, my name's Nick. Hello, I'm Woogie. We are the Mouth of Manliness. This is a podcast all about uh, mental health. But it's not just mental health. Um, It's kind of about people's lives and about uh, how they cope and how they manage in the world. Yeah, and digging into the stories that make them who they are. Yeah, so it's real life stories um, where we talk about things that people have been through and how they've managed and how they've coped and how they've come out the other side. So sometimes it's just me and Woggy here, but more often than not, we're talking to guests, uh, sometimes more well-known guests, but more often than anything, it's um, just normal people who have been through um, interesting situations. Yeah, and they've all got a lovely story to tell. Yeah, so mouth and manliness, we are about mental health, but we're more about people and stories. So welcome to the mouth. The mouth of manliness. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness. Um, we are just coming out of lockdown. I feel like a news presenter. Uh, this is um, season three. Um, and my guest today is Tom Davies from uh, Properly Mental Podcast. Oh, Hello, mate. So, um, yeah, some people might might have known that I was a guest on Tom's podcast very recently. Um, and where I didn't really stop talking. Um, so it's a, t- a chance to turn it around on Tom today. But welcome, Tom. Thanks for coming on. Oh, mate, thanks for having me, man. It's nice to um, nice to catch you again, man. It's cool. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it last time. I thought, uh, yeah, I was buzzed after that. that oh, thank you. Yeah, me too, man. And yeah, it was a great, great episode. It did really well. A lot of people have listened. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's wicked. Lovely. That's yeah. what we like to hear. So how you been getting on? Been all right, mate. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Just kind of. Um, yeah, ticking over, I think, Nick, you know, just uh, plodding along, doing my thing. But yeah, life's good at the moment. I kind of, weirdly, I was thinking about this today. I was having a chat with someone today and, you know, when like you have a bit of a good patch in life, just in general, right? And yeah. we kind of, we don't really acknowledge that. We kind of go, oh yeah, life's good. And then we just skip past it and move on. And I was thinking today, do you know what, right? I feel really good. I'm having a good week and I'm going to celebrate that. And so today I've been like kind of skipping around a place and, uh, but yeah, just enjoying myself and, um, yeah, I'm in a, yeah, life's good, man. It's sweet. I'm patting myself on the back, making the most of uh, it. You know what? I just think that is so easily missed. Like for starters, patting yourself on the back, like just, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing well. And like acknowledging it to yourself somehow. And that's something that like, we don't do enough. No, not at all. Not at all. And if you're having a, like a, a bad day, it's so easy to like, we do the opposite, right? We dwell in that space yeah. and you just sort of like almost um, punish yourself for having a bad day, like yeah. beat yourself up over it. It becomes another thing to make your day worse. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just trying to like, um, just flip that man and just, uh, yeah, just, yeah, just big myself up from time to time, you know, in a cheerleader stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then if you're having a good day, um, yeah, try and really recognise it then so that when you're having a shit day, you think, oh, well, that day was good. It's not all bad. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, that whole hope thing, you know, it will pass. It will pass. Yeah, and everything does pass. Yeah, yeah, very much so, man. Yeah. So tell us about your podcast. Let's start with, uh, tell me all about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's called um, The Proper Mental Podcast. Proper Mental. I keep calling and, it Proper um, and that's kind of like that's a quote really so i um yeah i went through some like mental health stuff myself and for a long time i didn't know what was going on 
and um, I thought I was going mad. And I said to someone, I said, oh, like, I feel like I'm going proper mental. And that kind of uh, later on, when I was talking about it a lot more on a podcast and I needed a name, I was like, you know what? That's that's it, man. That's the one. So it kind of started, it initially started with me and my mate, Chris. And during the, the one of the lockdowns, I lose track they've all blended into one but one of the lockdowns where you could um yeah meet up with someone and go for walks and stuff like that and we just started um, we were doing some work together so we used to meet up and talk about some work um that we're doing and we just started going for these long walks and grabbing a takeout coffee and just having a chat and we talk about mental health um he runs a charity it's called running headfirst they do amazing work i've got to get that plug in um and uh yeah so you know he's been really open about things he's been with been through and we just start talking about it and we talk about other stuff and we'd even have a bit of a laugh about it. And I'd come back from these, these walks and I was like, oh, this is really nice, man. It's nice just to kind of discuss it. It's not, it's not like therapy where you're digging into it and you can have a bit of a, a laugh about the absurdity of it. Cause some of like mental health stuff is just so absurd. Oh, yeah. You have to yeah. laugh. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're really good. So we saw oh, this kind of, we weren't going to do a podcast. I said, let's just record a few things and just throw it up on YouTube and see what happens. And um, it was never supposed to be a podcast. I was always kind of thought like, well, does the world really need another couple of white blokes on a podcast? You know, like that stereotype. Um, But yeah, we did it. So yeah, we recorded a few and it was really good. And we said, oh, you know, people are actually listening. Let's see if we can get some guests on. And we started getting some guests on. And then unfortunately, because it's, like picked up and it's got a bit of momentum to it probably chris because he had a charity and everything he had to step away from it um so i kind of thought you know what i'm into this i'm gonna keep going and um and i have done and yeah that's kind of that's where it came from mate yeah Um, yeah the same happened to me i was doing it with brad and then he left but at that point i was it it was so much momentum was going on it seemed bigger than me Uh, Mm. and then um also it it was making me feel better it's like no i've got to do it yeah, definitely. I think like for, I found that, and I didn't realize till I started doing the podcast, but I'd kind of as, and I think this is huge in men's mental health, as you get older and you journey through life, a lot of the things that are really good for mental health become less available to us. And for me, I had no um, creative outlet um, oh. and I'm self-employed and I turned a lot of the things I enjoyed doing into my job. So they no longer became fun. And I didn't realize. Really? What I, do you do? Um, I teach people how to move. I've got a bit of a weird job. So I call myself a movement coach and I'm a, I'm a yoga teacher and I um, do various stuff in the movement space. Uh, so I help people to like move out of pain and improve their range of motion for the gym and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I was kind of like really into yoga, really into movement, into anatomy and all this sort of stuff. And then I kind of made this job out of it. And then I'd spend all my time, my hobbies became my work and I had nothing for this, my creativity. And it, I felt really, really stifled. And one thing podcasting yeah. has done for me, it's given me that back. I feel like yeah. when I was a, when I was a kid and I used to want to be in a band and I was writing songs and stuff like that, it's the same sort of feeling for me to be just like hustling and trying to get older people and yeah, planning, yeah. planning the artwork and yeah. messing about with stuff. And there's something really, that's been really good for me, really healing. You know? Yeah, it's wicked. It's like, yeah, you're totally right. That's something that I really like about it. It gives you kind of reasons to keep moving along, keep ticking along. Because there's always like, yeah, oh, you get a guest really pleased about that. And it, yeah, no, you're right. It does keep you hustling. And um, yeah, if you sit still and when you're depressed, you're doing the complete opposite. So uh, it is, it does kind of, you're getting the momentum and then you, uh, it kind of carries you along quite nicely, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think as well, the whole thing with like mental health is that, you can sometimes for me personally, I would work far too hard on trying to find a cure, trying to find a cause. Why am I going through this? I have to find the answer and unlock it, you know, and really like, and that would become a really negative thing for me. Um, yeah. You know, I'd almost like do so much wellness stuff that it became almost harmful, <laughs> you know, all oh, the good, the yeah. so-called good things. And what I really like about podcasting as well is that it is what it is and you have your conversation and you put it out there. There's this element of letting go. And I have so yeah, many chats yeah. that go where I don't expect, or I plan them to go something and that doesn't happen. And that's been really good for me is getting me to just learn to just let go and just trust it, man, put it out there and move on. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's powerful, man. I've been applying that, trying to apply that to myself and how my head works and stuff is just be okay with it. Just let stuff out, move on to the next thing, let it turn into what it turns into, you know? also kind of meet like-minded people like yourself like you talk to other people and you've all been through something so there's this kind of a thread through it that it's kind of like you've got something massive in common and mm. it just yeah you just end up 
uh, just meeting loads of like-minded people and then like opportunities and that it's great yeah you know mental health struggles are lonely right and then when mm. you can connect with people with that thread in common you know there's something really nice about that there's something really uh it makes you feel a lot it sounds weird man but you almost feel part of a club you know yeah. like <laughs> like a bit of a yeah, gang mentality in some, in some ways but yeah it's dead nice that man i it's really like that true. Yeah. yeah so um so t- tell me more about you then so you were just uh you just said about um trying to understand the whys um and i think that's I do think that's important, but I do think you're right. You can get really hung up on the whys and actually uh, you're still where you are. Mm. You don't really get an answer. Uh, And sometimes the whys are pretty painful. Um, But yeah, there's still a bit of me. I'm still glad I did all the whys, you know, like the why do I behave that way or why do I feel that way? And then you understand it from your past and that kind of thing. So if you've been through that kind of thing with yourself, you know, like almost kind of trying to make sense of why. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Spent a long time doing that. A long time in therapy. I was like, I'm still in therapy now. Um, and I'll just be honest, I think like whether I'm in a good place or a bad place, I think I always will. Um, something That's something for me that I've, yeah it's really connected with me and i quite enjoy it if i'm being honest in yeah, a weird way um you know quite like the sound of my own voice and getting to chat about me who doesn't right yeah, yeah. but uh, it's um yeah so just through therapy and exploring stuff but for a long time i was looking for this why i was looking for this reason and i think a lot of that is like um you know just in like i know it sounds daft but just in movies and i really yeah. honestly thought i'd like think of some memory of something that happened and i'd make peace with it and everything would go away you know yeah. and but with me there wasn't there wasn't really a why it was a hundred and a, a million like death by a thousand paper cuts you know and these yeah. things that i didn't know were happening for a variety of reasons because i'm really good at distracting myself and because modern yeah. society you know hides these things or whatever yeah. and it just chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and, until it broke you know um but there wasn't a why but man i worked hard to find that why oh so hard i looked in all the wrong places you name a rabbit hole i've been down it nick you know like uh i was i was pretty damn close to like headed off to peru to do a like an ayahuasca thing and all sorts of stuff you know like i really just searched under everywhere and what i came out with was like you know for me personally i didn't really need any of that man i had to find peace with myself because wherever you are you're still you right and you need to make peace for me i once i made peace with myself then i realized that all the external stuff didn't really fucking matter mm-hmm. oh it's so true it's a yeah a really basic thing it's just down to how you look at everything and if you kind of made a decision to try not to look that way and then put a lot of effort in it works it's funny though because like, i i can I'm at a point where I understand why I am, how I am. Like I can, you know, trace everything back and make sense of everything. Um, but I still have days when I want to go to Peru and take ayahuasca. You know, yeah, I still have yeah. those days because it's like, well, there's got to be an answer still because there's still no answer. Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe the key, I don't know, is to, what I'm trying to do is to, I'm still happy to look for the answer but I want to try and get more comfortable in the process. So if that answer doesn't materialize, I'm not going to hate myself for it. You know, like yeah. I'm going to be okay with the journey and keep doing the work, which ain't easy because it's called the work for a reason, right? It's called yeah. the work because it sucks sometimes, yeah. but um, you know, who likes work, but it's yeah. But yeah, being okay with maybe never finding that, that thing, unlocking that box. Maybe. Oh God. Yeah, I think what you said, be okay with the journey. And uh, that is really something that, you know, we can all benefit from hearing that, I think. It's really, it's weird because, um, like, I know that, uh, say with me, um, I tend to do black and white thinking. So it's either, it's kind of all or nothing, or it's right or it's wrong, you know. um, And so when I'm not feeling that well, I go into that thinking. Um, and then when I'm working on it and I'm doing well, then I can kind of sit in that. Well, no, it don't matter. Let's just enjoy where I am and like just try and be comfortable where I am. Yeah. Um, it's so true. That's really hard to do. It really is. And particularly when you're in like a bad patch, because then you can't trust your own brain. Right. So it's like, yeah. you know what you should do. You know what yeah. you're supposed to do. Doing it's another thing. Doing it's another thing. 
all together. So it's really easy. Like I said, I'm having a great day. I can sit and say all this stuff to, today because it's yeah, a great yeah, day. Yeah, but, you know, if that, if the tide turns at some point, which, you know, we, we never know, um, then, yeah, then it becomes a lot more difficult to kind of do all the stuff that you know you should and that you know works and all that. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. I usually find it kind of passes. And then I, and that's when I'm like, right, I've got to like, do the work. And I realise the things that I haven't been doing and, you know, like, uh, that no process is is the important thing. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So, um, so tell us about when when. So, did you you said that kind of prior to this, uh, you had like a really rough patch? Yeah, yeah. In in the last sort of like four or five years, really, I had one. If you go back, probably about four. How was my son? Five. Go back five years. Yeah. Uh, when my son was born, that was like the catalyst for my first, what I call a breakdown for want of a, a better expression, really. Yeah. Um, and that, for a long time, I thought that it was like a, almost like a postnatal thing, you know, which I kind of think it was um, and to some extent. But what I'm now realizing is that I'd been living my life in a certain way. I'd been doing a lot of things that weren't particularly good for me for a very, very long time. And these things were taking up so much space that the birth of a child, there was no space left. That was like, the, that was the thing, you know, that was the, right. the you know, the leak in the basement. That yeah, was the, yeah. the thing that just blew the pipe off the wall and flooded everything. Um, so yeah, we, I kind of like went through that and went up and down with it. Um, you know, I, I did different, I wasn't employed at that time. I was working towards it and I got, I took some time off work and I uh, did a bit of counseling and, you know, all these sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. And it got pretty dark. You know, there was lots of, lots of, yeah, lots of stuff going on. It got pretty heavy. And then I kind of moved through that and I'd done a lot of counseling and I was more open about talking about it. And I kind of thought I'd cracked it, you know, and I kind of thought, oh, that was it. It was just a blip. Um, yeah. I still wasn't saying that I had depression. I still wasn't saying that I had anxiety. I still wasn't acknowledging really what had happened. Um, and I coasted along for another another couple of years after that like up and down up and down and i'd have a a bad week and a bad weekend and a bad month and then it'd go away and i was just determined i was like this ain't this ain't happening to me why not because i don't want it to you know and yeah. if i keep running fast enough it can't catch me that type of thing yeah. um and then yeah at the back end of last year october november last year i think it just got to the point when um yeah it just caught me up and i had like another um yeah quite a serious serious breakdown and um yeah, sort of everyone was very worried. And um, that's why I've never done medication until then. That's the one thing I haven't tried. Uh, um, and I, yeah, I've got an anti-user nurse and she kind of said, look, come on, why don't you give it a go? And and I did. And that was a bit of a turning point for me. Um, and yeah. that kind of helped me pull all the other stuff I was doing together. Um, you know, all the, I was doing lots of meditation, lots of yoga, lots of walking and breath work and, you know, all these sorts of things. And it weren't working. Um, and for me that I that then became like a thing, you know, I was like, Oh, this works for everyone else. Why doesn't it work for me? Oh, it's because I'm fucking shit. And you know, all the stuff you think, right. And yeah. because people would say, Oh, I go to the gym. It's great for my mental health. And I was like, well, I've been to the gym five times this week and I still ate myself. You know, it became this whole, whole thing. And yeah, it was meds that turned, turned, helped me turn the corner, you know, and I know that's not for everyone. I'd never pr promote it, but um, yeah, from, that's, that was a bit of a turning point. So I've been rebuilding since, since then really, but the rebuilding pit, process has been quite swift i will say that um and i think because of all the work i did in the in the build-up that's all paying yeah. off now all the other yeah. stuff is paying off yeah, i kind of like banked those tools and then once i made it over the crest of the hill i was able to sort of draw some stuff out of the bank that was weird. Uh, when, when you said uh, you were kind of verbalizing your brain it's like this works for everyone else why don't it work for me oh mate that really that rings with me that really does god and that's it, your brain does that, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, everything is what, it's like, you're so useless. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like any, everything. At all. Yeah. You can literally take any situation and just flip it around to somehow, like, you know, make yourself the bad guy, make yourself the bad person, make yeah. yourself the, yeah, it's horrible. You just internalize on yourself. It's like sort of bullying yourself. It's like yeah. living with the school bully, isn't it? All yeah. the time, because the bully's in your head. Yeah, yeah, it's intense, man. It's yeah. amazing. All the things you said are like, uh, you know, exercise, meditation. Yeah, I'm not surprised you feel good now because he's doing everything. 
<laughs> Mate, I worked hard. Yeah. No, that but, is, that's really hard work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My, my missus like, you know, cause when you're poorly, it really pushes your, pushes your marriage. Right. And we've had a, like a really rough few years and, um, we, you know, I said to her, when I got in a better space, I said to my wife, I said, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you put up with me. I was so selfish. Cause when you, when you're ill, it's, it is selfish. All that, yeah. all that hating yourself is really selfish actually yeah, in a yeah, strange way, you know? Um, and I said to her like, you know, how, I don't know how you put up with it. I don't know how we, you, you stayed with me through that. And she said, because you kept trying stuff because you, ke- you didn't give up on yourself. You know, that was, she had, she kept fighting cause I did. Um, and that's what you're doing when you're trying all those things, right? When you're looking for answers, it's like, if you, you, if it sounds dramatic, but it's not, you're fighting to stay alive, man. Yeah, you're yeah, fighting yeah, to, yeah. to unlock that, unlock that thing. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. My wife says the same kind of thing. She's like, sometimes she'll see me wallowing and she'll say that oh, enough now. Um, but she's kind of felt the same when she's seen me really bad and I've needed a lot of support and I've been a mess. Um, normally that I'm not, I'm still trying, you know, I, I, I don't just give in anymore. I'll be like, right, fuck it. We'll book some hypnotherapy and we'll do that. And we'll do that. And, um, and like, yeah, whilst you're making an effort, um, it's easier to live with it, isn't it? If you're the other person, at least, so, at least they're trying and not just sitting in it, but that's the problem, isn't it? Like you do sit in it from time to time. Yeah. And you know, there is, if you can. One thing about doing the work I found is that if you get that level of self-awareness where you kind of kind of know what you're doing for a long yeah. time, I used to just get up in the morning and hope for the best. And I'd be halfway down the stairs and I'd think, oh, fuck, it's going to be a bad day. Whereas now I feel like I don't have control over as it as in, as in I can as in I know exactly what's going to happen. But I've got a level of self-awareness. So even if I'm wallowing. I know I'm wallowing and I'll give myself permission to wallow. And I think that's almost what these slogans mean, you know, the whole it's okay to not be okay and stuff, you know, it doesn't mean it's okay to be ill forever because there's help out there and you can get better, but it does mean that it's, it's okay to just kind of put your hand up and say, do you know what? Let's write today off. It's not going to be nice. I'm going to wallow. I'm going to give myself the time and space to wallow. And when I've got my energy up a little bit, then I'm going to start fighting back. But for now, what I need is a wallow. And there's something in that, right? It's, it's important, I think. I think um, you just gave some amazing advice and um, something like I, I totally agree with. Sometimes like you're just so exhausted with fighting uh, that you just kind of have to give yourself a day off. Yeah. And, and like sometimes I might have a day in bed and my wife's like, she would normally assume that it come in anyway, yeah. you know, just through my general demeanour and attitude. And then, um, yeah, I'll have a day off. And and it's not saying, oh, I give in. It's just saying I'm fucking tired. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, sometimes when you're, I think if you're, when you're fighting, when you're pushing anything and you feel like the world's pushing back, then yeah. maybe you're just not, maybe you shouldn't be pushing for a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe you should just let it, let's see how it plays out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I try not to push too much nowadays. I try and just go, just see what happens. Just go with, go with <laughs> whatever happens. It's all about the journey. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's so it. So true. Yeah. So true. So, um, so I'm interested because, uh, like I'd really like to know some of the really cool things you've learned um, from like guests on the podcast. Mm. Crikey, there's a there's a lot, man, and it's really interesting when you speak, to, and you'll find this as well when you speak to people, and like some someone will say something uh, talking about their story, and I'll go, "Well, you've just described a bit of me." Um, yeah, well, like you did with me. Yeah, it, just then, you know, earlier, <laughs> like it's totally right. Uh, I um I would always I said for a long, long time. Um, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I've, you know, suffered from depression and stuff like that. I never really understood what anxiety was. And I, when people would talk about anxiety and depression going hand in hand and stuff like that, I'd be like, no, it was never really like a, it's never been a thing for me. And then the more I've learned about anxiety, it's like, oh yeah, I kind of like, yeah, yeah that's something that. I've been dealing with for a long, long time. <laughs> I did exactly <laughs> the same. I learned more about anxiety and I was like, oh, right. So I'm not having panic attacks, but I... You know, I'm riddled with anxiety. Never, yeah. Ever got to 43, like two years ago, and then learned about 
a bit more about anxiety. It's like, oh. Yeah, could have done with knowing this a little while yeah, like ago. The same yeah. things anyway, because anxiety is still pretty much your brain telling you, like, there's no way you can do that because you're shit. Yeah, definitely. And like, we're anxiety like whether it's uh whether you're like worrying overthinking no matter how like it manifests in you it's really really energy intensive so one thing i have to do is really protect my energy and anxiety empties the tank and when the tank gets empty then my head falls off that's my process like that's what i had to work out i couldn't understand why i kept having these really dark depressive episodes and it was because i was running down my emotional energy by overthinking by worrying by um and like for me it manifests in all sorts of weird ways you know like i can get something in my head and i won't be able to switch off and like until i've achieved that task you know if i'm yeah i do that you know like I'll, i will chase something down and i will speak it but yeah to take it back to, to your question um uh, so i spoke to kate cross who's uh an england cricket player who's been very very open about her um problems with depression and stuff and she did this amazing post on instagram about how you know you have to post about not feeling well outside of mental health awareness week you know like we don't just stop posting when the hashtag finishes you know we're up up for posting all the time and i thought it was brilliant and she came on and she was talking about how her how she because she's a northern girl and um she could be quite like stir um surly and stand backish and stuff like that like around training and they'd be oh it's just kate she's just a grumpy northerner and she yeah. like thought that was the case and it was only when she did a lot of work and stuff that she found out that that was her her way of like feeling anxious in, in public and i was like oh man like that's that's me in a nutshell you know people kind of think that i'm a sometimes a little bit cocky or a little bit arrogant because i can be quite standoffish in social situations and i always thought it was just like oh i'm that guy who um hangs at the back of the room and sees how the lay of the land works before i yeah. you know before i show my personality and in, re in reality it's not it's like i'm anxious as hell and i don't know how to be myself or what to do around people so i just close everything down and stand at the back and just look cool you know and it's just like really like weird uh things like that that um yeah that was a huge understanding for me and now when i'm in those social situations and i feel really really awkward i feel i know what's happening now you know yeah. i i thought oh my god this isn't a normal feeling this isn't my personality this is something that i've kind of like need to learn how to to deal with you know like you said earlier about films and uh <laughs> i feel like uh, i kind of threw my head into films from very young uh and like, everything's like a film to me in a weird way and then uh, uh and i would do exactly that and i'd be like well no that's all right because uh the cool guys do that in films and you think and then you're just like oh why am i alone <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it that was always me like i don't i don't drink i'm teetotal now but when i used to drink i was always the guy that was like you know lent at the bar with a, a pint scoping the place out and you know far too cool to be uh doing all this sort of stuff you know and it, i wasn't cool at all i was just fucking petrified of showing myself of letting other people see my personality i was scared of doing anything in case anyone like you know mocked me or judged yeah. me or anything like that so everyone would be like oh you're also cool just like lurking in the background so i'd be like yeah cool guy but i wasn't yeah. i was fucking petrified yeah uh, yeah definitely because yeah. you'll think no one will like you yes it's yeah, basically what it is it's like ego your ego's going no one likes you yeah like, don't even fucking bother oh look they're having a right laugh that's because you're not there and all those you're not there are your <laughs> yeah that's like, it that yeah. is true i used to like well i still do it to some extent like drink clothes um and then that kind of masks it and then i end up going too far the other way and i think i annoy people like, that happens to me and it is it's still it's still basically what you said it's like, yeah, yeah that yeah. really basic thing yeah and it's I, I, interesting she said that it's quite cool um you know in a position like that for a woman to come forward and be really that open so, yeah yeah she's like, incredible yeah me. yeah yeah no and um yeah the, oh, there's been a few been a few people yeah that i've chatted to and you kind of think like oh yeah that 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 makes a lot of sense you know maybe i need to go and read up on that maybe i need to uh go and investigate that a bit further and and I, one thing i love as well is that even if someone's situation or what they've been through is completely different to mine even though i've not experienced it 
I can understand it to a point and I can be compassionate about it yeah. because I, because I've been through my own version of it. Yeah. And I, I, that's why I think there's power in conversation. That's where relatability comes from. We don't all have to have the same thing. We don't all have to have the same illness. We don't have to have the same, you know, amounts of fucking, you know, suicide attempts under our belts or whatever it is, yeah. but you can just be compassionate for someone because you know that they've been to somewhere awful and you've been to your own awful. And you know, yeah. you know, and you just feel bad for them and you just want to help them, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, that's the kind of common thread going through like, our podcast, really, because it's the common thread. It's that we've all experienced darkness. And, uh, and yeah, how you get there, uh, you know, intensity and all of that doesn't matter. You know, we've got this commonality there that's quite special. Um, that means that when you talk to someone and, and they're like, oh, I'll do that too, gradually your own walls are chipping down because it's like, oh, it's not just me. Oh, it's like, oh, I'm not that bad. You know, like other people experience this. What my brain's telling me isn't necessarily true. Yeah. The first time when you, when you, you don't really know what's going on with yourself and life's really, really hard, the first time you realise that you're not, a complete lunatic and there are other people that see the world the way you do or experience these things it's really powerful it's really really powerful yeah to go oh my god i'm not i'm not i might still be on my own but i'm not on my own if that makes yeah. any sort of any sort of sense man yeah yeah, yeah it's a beautiful thing yeah, yeah. Like, I guess, yeah, it's like that. You're still walking your journey and your journey invariably is going to be, wow, this is, I suppose this is what I quite often think is that like, I can get into this position where uh, I'm like, my journey's, why is my journey so much fucking harder than everyone else's? That like, I can get into that mindset. Uh, and that's why talking to other people um, like on here really helps because then I realise that, no, actually, it's quite a lot of us <laughs> dealing with this shit. My journey's not necessarily worse than someone else's. Um, like, I've always kind of worked in like, kind of caring professions and that's often helped me because I'm around people who have had really really terrible life experiences and then and that helps me put things into perspective it's like oh actually like they're doing a mate they're fucking coping a lot well there can be times when I'm like they're coping a lot better than me why am I so shit or it's like oh they've been through a lot more than me um, yeah. and they're doing well so I can yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, you can find inspiration in other people, can't you, as well, when they're like yeah. they're getting by and you think, God, oh, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. Yeah. But then at the same time, man, it's cool now and again to be pissed off with the world for stuff because do you know what? Like that's a valid emotion, right? Fucking feel it, man. Be pissed off for having a, you know, like hell yeah. Like it suppressing all these things and pushing them down for years is half the fucking reason yeah, in the first place. Is, you know, so if you're pissed off with the world, be pissed off with the world. Yeah, repression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit of Freud in there. Yeah. It's very true. Very true. Uh, yeah. So Combinations. It sounds like you do a lot. What's your average day? Like um, all your, because like you're working on it. It's different to my working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like, I for a long time I tried to do all the things all the time, and you see this a lot on you know these like social media gurus and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, get up at ah four in the morning for your tepid glass of lemon water and your broccoli smoothie yeah. and then your yoga and your breath work and all this sort of stuff i did that for a while and it nearly broke me man getting up that fucking early all the time yeah. and like messing about with a blender and it just weren't for me so i kind of do i do a lot of the stuff some of the time and that works for me so um you know i walk a lot walking is really good for me um yeah and I, like i walk to work and i'll go out for a walk no matter what the weather is i'll go out and um you know chase me ten thousand steps and all that sort of stuff yeah, really see yeah. I, i've never been able to bring myself to do all that stuff and uh i don't know i've been going for a bit of a dark period lately and um and i keep coming back to that conclusion that I need to, like my wife says it all the time, just do some exercise or do yoga. She does yoga. She's always trying to get me to do it with her. And I think um, like I've got a shame about it. Like I realise that I've got shame around any kind of exercise. Uh, so 
like you know rather than the just I, I actually i imagine a lot of people experience that um if you're like you know like if people are really overweight going to the gym actually going to the gym is amazing like not even doing anything but going because like they must feel huge shame and yeah. i feel shame um anytime i do any exercise i become so self-conscious and so uncomfortable that i just don't do it yeah yeah. And that's common, man. A lot of people like experience that, don't they? I always think a lot of it comes down to if you find the exercise that you want to do, because a lot, you know, a part of the problem is everyone goes, Oh, I should do something. Don't know what to do. I'll just go running. Well, running's not for everyone. You know, some yeah, you know, and it's quite public as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's I suppose it's finding what works. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm a big fan of walking, huge fan of walking. Um, yeah, I go to gym a lot, I do a lot of training and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of like linked to my work as well so um yeah i do that sort of stuff i'm a meditator but not i'm trying to be one of those people that does 20 minutes every day but i'm not um i usually like if, if i feel that life is starting to speed up you know if i kind of once if my spider senses are tingling and thinking oh right this is how it feels that's when meditation comes in for me that's how i put the brakes on um what I'd meditation like to, do you do um i do i like there's a, a teacher called tara brack who has a podcast and every week she does like a podcast which i've never listened to i'm sure it's really good but um she also does that and then she does a 20 minute um meditation where she it's like half guided so she'll do some like some scans and some breathing stuff and then she'll leave you to it for a bit and then she'll come back in and stuff like that um so yeah i i, I tend to use that um is my my go-to um and she does puts one new one up every week and they're really nice yeah really, how do you, really nice. how do you do it how do you sit do you go in a quiet room i'm lucky to live near the coast and i like to be outside so um if it's not like pouring down i tend to go for a long walk i um, I have a lot of energy and if I try and meditate just off the bat, I can't sit still, mate. I have to be moving. So I go for a long walk first and I tire myself out. Um, and then I'll, yeah, I'll go sit on a beach or sit in a field, something like that. And um, yeah, sit on a rock and um, yeah. Just Fucking hell, you do work sit. on it. That's like all <laughs> my work. I always say I'm working on it and, and I am, but it's all really internal. It's like proper internal working. It's like... Uh, constantly checking your brain your brain says that is that right and and it's all of that it's very rarely kind of physical and uh, mm. i'm like i'm very lazy uh i um I, I feel i get ill all the time and uh and my wife's like part of that's because you don't have any exercise and you avoid and like i generally don't go outside except to walk the dog maybe <laughs> for like <laughs> yeah. half an hour and yeah. that's it Oh, whereabouts on the coast are you? I imagine I, the coast is nice. I live on a Wirral, so like opposite Liverpool, so like northwest. Um, it's where my wife's from. I'm from Wales originally, so um, that's kind of yeah. West Wales is my home, but yeah, I live on a Wirral. Yeah, I moved here, and um, yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. Quite lucky to have that nature hit on my um on my doorstep. But um, yeah, getting outside's huge, man. Vitamin D and fresh air and all that, all that sort of stuff. Uh, one, you know, again, talking about what I've learned from the podcast, one of my best takeaway quotes is mental health needs physical support. And, you know, that's like, that to me was like, yes, that kind of sums up the, you know, my particular way of looking after myself. Yeah. Mental yeah. health needs physical support. Yeah. I often go back to the one uh, that um, action is the enemy of fault. And fault is always the problem. Uh, and if you're doing <laughs> something, you're not thinking. Uh, and like, I, I kind of, I always say that with a caveat of that, um, you know, sometimes you do need to think, you know, don't go, <laughs> don't go and kill someone. But, uh, but the, yeah, the idea that if you're doing something, you're just not thinking. Mm. And um, I think the other thing about like kind of going out and being around nature is that it, uh, it kind of, yeah, it makes you present. Yeah. So it's, I, I think the one thing I'm really bad at and I'm, I'm always working on is just trying to be present. I'm always stressing about something or worrying about something or what could I be doing? And what I should be doing is just thinking, oh, the sun feels nice. Yeah, yeah. I went on a holiday on the Norfolk Broads and I did it. And because you, have, you can't go fast, uh, and you have to concentrate 
because I was just doing all the like riding the boat that um, it was one of my best holidays ever because I didn't think I was just like I was in the moment all the time. Yeah, it's really rare. I find that so difficult. I think all the things you say uh, are all kind of geared to bring you in the moment a bit more. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of the definition of mindfulness, really, isn't it? It's just like it's not to it's not to empty your head when you meditate. It's to find just focus on one thing, slow yeah. it down, you know, focus, uh, yeah, take your uh, attention away from all these other things. We're all like as modern human society is such a like impactful man. It doesn't serve us. The world we live in does not serve us very well, yeah. and we're massively overstimulated. Even like a walk to the shop, you've got cars and signs and lights and people, and you know we're not necessarily designed for it. You look at driving, right? So the human brain is. Um, I'm going to work mode here, mate. But yeah. the human brain is only designed to travel as fast as you can run, and then you put it in a car and ping it down the motorway at 70 miles an hour and wonder why we're all freaking out yeah. you know it's uh we are massively overstimulated so you become used to that and then it's hard right it's hard to just to go do you know what i'm just gonna sit <laughs> yeah. it's really hard yeah yeah definitely and yeah. sit with it uh last night i watched um night stalker uh with jake Gyllenhaal. i love it it's like a really great film um and and I've realised that I've been watching so many films recently. I'm either drawing or uh, I've got my phone and I'm not even just in, like, engaging with the film. You know, this amazing film. And last night I, I left my phone in the kitchen and uh, it was because my brain was going mental and I couldn't sleep. So I came downstairs like in the middle of the night and started watching that. And I realised that uh, I don't watch films don't watch them anymore. I just kind of like just consume them, and I, yeah. I'm always, and I, I don't like watching films. You know, like blockbuster films because it is just about like this consumption. And I realised that yeah, last night I'm like, oh, I'm doing it all wrong again. Yeah, it creeps in, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it creeps does. in, and before you know it, it's not till sometimes you have a, like a bit of a bad spell that you think, "Oh crap, I've just been doing all that stuff. I worked so hard to stop, and it crept yeah. back in." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you said, and yeah, we do consume everything like that. The the world's like served up, I think, for us to consume like that, isn't it? You know, it's just yeah. like rammed in your face, and yeah, it's um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, man. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to slow down and make things. I've noticed that, um, like, I just enjoy making, you know, like the process. Yeah. I realise that I really enjoy the process when I make stuff. So I make all these instruments and shit. <clears throat> and, um, but the process of making is like really zen. It's like a really lovely experience for me. And then if I finish and it works, I'm like, like, it's a buzz that I don't seem to get from other things. It's because it's about process, I guess. Yeah. Ah, right. It's yeah, that's really enjoying cool. the doing. Yeah, yeah. It's that, I suppose, and um, yet another creative outlet, like we were talking about at the start, you know, somewhere just to put that put that brain to work. If your brain's going to work so hard at doing all this mad stuff, put it to work on something, yeah, <laughs> on yeah, something yeah. nice. Yeah. Focus it. Focus yeah. It. That's nice. That one. That's really nice. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, uh, my son's got autism and quite often, like he gets really into things and like his recall on like TV shows <laughs> insane. And I'm always thinking, Oh, right. If you could steer that into like, uh, you know, electronics or engineering or something, and then he'd be like the best in the world at it. Yeah, yeah. And I and then I, I sit there doing that, and then I think, oh, yeah, maybe I should focus a bit more because my <laughs> brain's just scattered going, it's scattered. Ah, oh, what about that? What about that? What about that? And then when I do focus on something, I, I get to a point and I'm like, I can't work it out. You know, like just something ridiculous. And I'm like, I can't work it out. And then, and then it's like, well, that's because you're shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that old voice comes back yeah. again. Hello, my old friend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, do you have loads of exercise then? I do. I do train a lot. Yeah, I do train a lot, and I, I go running. I go to gym and and stuff like that. Yeah, that. That, yeah, it's just something I'm into. It's like a hobby, and it does help my mental health. It's not. Um, it's not like a huge thing, you know, like if I've gone all day, I've got exercise on holiday. I'm not obsessed with it or anything. It helps keep me ticking over. Um, yeah. It's just a little part of my own personal puzzle, but I do enjoy the gym. I do enjoy a run. I do enjoy, you know, that sort of, that sort of world. Yeah. That's kind of, um, 
yeah, that's kind of my space. Wasn't always the case. Um, like back when I was, like I said, I've, I've mentioned before, I was like teetotal. So coming up on when is it in middle of July, it'll be five years for me since I've had a drink. Really? And um, yeah, so what, that, what brought you to do that? Um, a drink was for me, it was a massive crutch. So all those kind of like anxious feelings and stuff that I mentioned before, my way of being able to be myself in social situations, my way of being brave was to get pissed. And my wife and I, we met, we worked for a holiday company. We worked abroad and I did that for 10 years between like 20 and 30. I um, like traveled around Europe and worked for this company. And because it was like, you know, summer and loads of young people and everyone's drunk all the time, well, you like a rep that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You were? Yeah. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't That's like 18 intense. to 30s. It wasn't yeah. that type of rep, but it was in a, a holiday environment. Yeah. And we looked after people in holiday resorts. So there's all sorts of boozing going on. So if you've got a bit of a booze problem, the best place to be is in those sorts of places because no one knows, right? So when you're like drinking because you're anxious or drinking because you're scared or drinking because you're unhappy and you want to cheer yourself up, um so you you know you have a have a can at a funny time of the day and you know get drunk every night well that's what everyone else is doing because they're all on you know in that party atmosphere um so i did that for a long long time and i had no idea drink was a crutch it was just something i did every day and then when i came back to the uk did you everyone... get sick did it make you ill no no not at all like I, I, I was always really good at it really fucking good even for you know when like you're 14 and you're you know, pinching it off your parents and you know all that sort of stuff even then i could handle my my ale i was a natural a natural born drinker yeah i could just go go for days no problem see i would drink loads i would drink loads and then um and i, I drank like every day for 10 years and um but i used to get really ill as well Right. So, like, all day, right through, like, I drink until four o'clock in the morning, go to sleep, um, not be able to get up, and then I'd feel really, like, I'd be throwing up, like, I, where I drank oh, so mate. much, I'd be, like, shitting diarrhoea all the time. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, in the days, like, until, like, I started drinking again, basically, come the evening, I'd be really ill. Mate. Um, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know, it got to the point when I went from being a, like a really cool drunk, you know, that was always fun and always up yeah. for the next thing and always up for the, uh, um, that started to turn, you know, and then every time yeah. I got drunk, I'd go too far. Every time I got drunk, I'd say something and wake up in the morning and I'd caused another fight with like my yeah. wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. And, um, it just got to a point I was so sick of, like making an ass of myself being horrible and you and know give, like, that gives you anxiety as well yeah like, yeah that horrible feeling we woke up in the morning you think i don't know what i've done wrong but i've done something awful it's in the air i can feel it in the air and i can't even remember what it is yeah. and i just thought you know what this has got to go this has got i can't this doesn't serve me it took me like two years to give up of like falling on the wagon off the wagon i'd do like four months and then I think, oh, you know, yeah, I've had four months now. I feel really, really good. Um, you know, oh, I'll probably just have a couple of couple of cans on Friday. And I would. And then I'd, that, oh, only had a couple of cans. Oh, like I've cracked this. And then the next Saturday, I'd go get hammered and make an ass of myself. Like, oh, I've got to give up now. Got to give up now. So how did that work with, uh, you know, like social settings and things? Because like if, like if you see friends, invariably, it's drinking, you know. Yeah, I, I suppose my situation is a little bit weird because, like I said before, I'm from Wales and I moved here. So I don't know. I do now. I've been here 10 years. But when I first moved up, I didn't really know many people, you know, so I had quite a small social circle and stuff like that. So it was mostly, um, yeah, so it wasn't too much of a problem, really. Um, people are always funny when you give up drinking. Everyone is. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, don't be boring and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I used to, I used to walk around pubs with a... Um, empty bottle in my hand. On the way in, I'd pick up an empty drink and I'd just carry it around all night and then people leave you alone because they think you're pissed. They're all too, uh, too involved uh, in their own night. No one notices. Yeah, I'd just yeah. carry, carry an empty bottle around all night so people would leave you alone. Yeah, that was my tactic. There's a top tip for you if you want to give up drinks. a top tip. Yeah, yeah. Once everyone's pissed, no one notices. Uh, there's been a few people who have said um, like not drinking is a really good thing for your mental health. Like if you're a struggler, not drinking is a good thing. And a few kind of, uh, um, yeah, someone, uh, so yeah, someone a fairly high profile went, like, yeah, 
just don't drink. Seriously, it would properly change everything. And I, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm still. I don't drink every day, but uh, like I normally drink around the weekend, and um, and I, it definitely impacts on me. But the idea of not drinking, like I don't drink to excess anymore. Uh, but like if I go out, then I can get a bit overexcited. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I and I can quite easily get into the position where I'm saying and doing shit that's really fucking not really reasonable. Yeah, that's the beauty of the not beauty terrible, of doing, not right? terrible, but you know, like I'll get like I'm fucking trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's um, it's yeah. funny. Like for me, when I I quit, that was a massive factor in like my first breakdown because my my whole identity was formed around drink, all of it. Yeah. It was something I did, you know, and it was I didn't. I'd really lost sight over the years of who I was, yeah. of who of what I was, and everything that defined me was external and didn't really exist. So like booze was this thing, and then when I stopped drinking, I'd. I, di- I didn't know I used booze as a crutch because I was anxious and I was awkward and I was like, it didn't, I w- didn't have the confidence in myself to make friends without booze. So then when I took booze away, then suddenly I was just fucking petrified, you know, like of all these situations. I'm saying, oh, you know, do you want to like come around for a, you know, come around for a pizza, and watch a movie or it's so-and-so's birthday. Do you want to come out? And I'd be like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. I don't know what I'm going to say to people. I don't know how I, how to act. I don't know where to put my hands, you know, I, I, you know, or I'd go and like, I'd hold a piss all night because I was too anxious to go to the toilet because I didn't know where it was and I couldn't ask anyone. And, you know, all these, um, and I realized how I'd, I'd use drink to unlock me for yeah, forever. And without it, I didn't know who I was. And that was kind of like, for me, that was a, once that fell away and then other stuff started falling away, that all contributed really to the first time when I was really poorly. Fucking hell. That's pretty fucking heavy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Joe, I've never really thought about it. Yeah, I'm just so used to telling that story. But yeah, yeah I suppose it was suppose it was fucking heavy, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you've got to... I remember like going in, uh, being assessed for psychotherapy and they said, like, everything you're doing now is wrong. You know, all of your ways of coping now are wrong and you're... Like if you if you're gonna get better, then all of it has to change. Wow! And I was like, "Fuck, that's fucking scary." To change everything at once, man. That's uh, like, yeah. oh, mate. I know they they said like, who, like let's talk about your support networks. You know who's around you, and um, how you're gonna keep safe and all this and all that. Yeah. Ooh. And look, I don't know. Maybe I could. Yeah, that was heavy. And then you talk about taking away like that kind of uh, safety blanket of booze mm. that's amazing i don't oh, that's I'm, pretty amazing thank you mate thank you very much i don't think i would have done it if i knew what i was doing and i didn't even you know i'd kind of talk this out in a million counseling sessions before it kind of like Oh yeah, hang on a minute. Yeah, I threw away. I just completely threw away my uh, yeah my coping mechanism without because I didn't know I needed to cope. Right, I didn't know yeah. that yeah that I had these problems. Um, yeah. So uh, it kind of takes me back to what you said at the beginning about uh, like when your kid was born, and um, suddenly it's like, oh fuck, this is scary. Yeah. Like yeah. shit, this is really scary. Um, my life's never going to be the same again. And I think yeah. so many people haven't experienced there where they're like, oh, this is right. Suddenly my life makes sense. The world, everything makes sense. Um, I'm okay now. And uh, I, I certainly didn't have that experience when I had kids. And yeah, I think I went through massive anxiety. It was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shit, I can't even do like the really little things that I wanted to do. You know, like, yeah. it's like, yeah. fuck am I? And, oh, I've got to rein everything in. And... Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, if you are if you have a tendency for me, I've like obviously got a tendency, like we said before, look for the, the worst in myself. Always looking for a way to, like, fucking criticise myself and pick yeah, on myself and yeah. stuff like that. Well, when you're, like, a new parent and you haven't got a clue what to do, but the thing you're responsible for is another life, that's another level of being yeah, honest yeah. to yourself. You yeah. know, calling yourself a shit dad is one of the worst things you can say to yourself, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, I was saying that to myself before I'd even had a chance to try being a dad, you know, it's, um, you, you know, and all the sleep, you know, like oh, that sleep goes out and sleep for me. Now, if I start to feel any sort of wobble, 
offer. I have a, I'm lucky because yeah. I'm self-employed. I can have a nap most days and I do um, because it's really, that's important for me. Sleep is a trigger. And um, yeah, all of that got took, a, took away. I'm you know? exactly the same. Uh, funnily enough, I think before I had kids, I used to be quite through from, I don't know, maybe like 10 to what, when I had kids, 30, I was proper insomniac. I could not sleep uh, and trying to get to sleep became a massive trigger. I'll get anxiety because I can't sleep. That's that learning anxiety, learning what anxiety is. <laughs> uh, and then I had kids and because it completely threw everything out the window, and exhausted me like mentally more so possibly than physically and the stress of it all and like we had a really bad difficult birth and it was very very like difficult and all of that um completely cured my uh, <laughs> my abilities like my insomnia mate i'm here for that yeah and I just completely really, and because it's like, oh, right, I've, all I've got to do is focus my energy on just one thing, this kid, uh, and then they'll go to sleep, and then I'll go to sleep. And then you, and like that simplicity was quite good for me, but it was only a short period that I had that simplicity. But I, I don't know, I really liked it when you said that, um, that, you know, that was something that really kind of, like, really made you feel depressed, because I think... As much as like people struggle with that and uh, people don't like to hear that, do they? Because uh, I find when you talk about having children, people instantly kind of put on this rosy thing. Yeah. And then if a man, God forbid, said, actually, oh, I found it difficult. And it's like, well, you're a man. You're an animal. And, uh, <laughs> and then the fact that you said that so openly, um, I thought was really lovely because, uh, like, I, I tend to be quite open about that. Actually, it's really hard. And, it's hard. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, and we all got fucking, like, we all had our ups and downs through that period, you know. Um, yeah, people don't say that. Men don't say it much. Men just normally go, oh, I fucking love my kid. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so true. And everyone does that whole thing of, you know, like, oh, and the baby was born and I looked into the baby's yeah. eyes and I just felt my whole world become complete. That weren't me. My first thought was like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. I don't know if I can do this. You know, like it, I didn't have that, that stereotypical Hollywood movie moment yeah. where I, like I was complete. I, I, I absolutely, um, I, yeah, I shat myself big time. And um, yeah, like I was, I think as well, like being a bloke, it's, it's such a strange space around the birth of a child, right? Because there is half of you is suspect is expected to, be really like ha almost hands off, you know, so you only get your two weeks paternity leave yeah. if you're lucky. And it's all much more you're expected to be like, you know, as, you know, your wife's up feeding the baby and you're wetting the baby's head, you know, come on lads, let's yeah. get the cigars and share the cigars around. But at the same time, you're also supposed to be this, like um, be the support network for your wife and you're yeah. supposed to be doing all the, all the stuff instead of bonding with the baby, you're the one that goes out at four in the morning to get the wipes and that you, when you've yeah. run out of nappies and all that sort of stuff. And it's such a weird space. And I was like, well, like, like I'd, I'd never, I didn't know how to, how to be myself, how to put myself. I didn't know which version of me because <laughs> I didn't understand yeah. myself, which version yeah, of me yeah. to, to be. And all the time it's like, I really want to bond with this kid and I don't know how, and I'm worried about my wife and I think I'm going insane at the same time. And yeah, that, that period for me was when the sort of weird, like, um, uncontrollable crying for no reason. You know that. You know that's shit. That that's for, that's for me when it was like you know that's when that stuff started. That's that's. Yeah. God, I know that uncontrollable crying for no real reason, and that's not like, men aren't meant to do that. Exactly that. Yeah, I was like, and oh, you just feel like such an arsehole, and you're like, yeah. what's going on? Oh, I, you know what? When I'm really ill. That's what I do. I know when I'm really in front. I find medication dries up those tears, which sometimes I miss. But, yeah, so at that point, the thing is, you're there, and and then you're like, oh, I'm letting down my wife. How, you know, when like, yeah, when your wife's been through hell in the delivery yeah. room, how are you supposed to say, I feel a bit sad and anxious? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's just delivered a person you know like yeah. it, it's just uh it's really 
hard to find that space to sort of say, yeah, it's hard enough to talk and say you're struggling at any point. Yeah. Uh, around about then, for me, it felt to put my hand up and say something's not right with me. It was like, well, it, it, I have to be, I've got to be a role model. I have a son. I have yeah. to be a man, you know? And um, yeah, it's just like, just fucking nonsense, isn't it, really? <laughs> oh god you take that really takes me back i remember those days so well uh difficult difficult days I, when uh we had my first daughter it was uh it all went quite badly and um like my wife was uh like she had to recuperate um so uh i was i just basically did baby stuff i just kind of stayed up feather just fucking did everything for a while uh, and my work where I got I had got so much leave and I'd saved it all. I was doing like one week on, one week off for like quite a while. Uh, and it's really weird in that period I didn't get miserable. Uh, like I, I really didn't. It's because it was like, all oh, right, my my world just went, just do that. And um and I think that is kind of like part of the problem. It's really hard to go just do that. Mm. You know, it, it makes you present. And I remember like when my wife was really, when my wife had cancer a few years ago. And at that point, I went, just do that. And I coped with it amazingly well for a while. And um, and uh, like that's what we struggled with. It's like, no, you can't just be doing that. You need to be doing that, that, and that. And you also need to be having exercise. <laughs> you need to be meditating. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all of these things. And it's like fucking overwhelming. There's so much. Yeah. But, yeah. But really essentially, is. what you really need to be doing is just try and not, like, just try and bring your thinking in. Yeah. And just be kinder to yourself, man. You know, and think, well, I can't do all the things all the time. You know, allow myself to have a bit yeah. of a wobble and then, and then crack on and, you know, yeah, it's all that balance. It's like spinning plates, isn't it? You know, and then yeah. one down the end starts wobbling off. You have to run down there and spin it. And then the first one's fucking dropped off and you've got to go pick that up. Yeah. And, you know, there's no, never any point where you stand back and go, ta-da, look at all my plates. It's just yeah. like that constant thing. But sometimes it is it is easier to spin them than others, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes you do spin all the plates, which takes us back to the beginning where it's like sometimes you are spinning all the place and you are doing quite well and you're also feeling quite good. Um, so pat yourself on the back and go, yeah, you're doing all right at the moment. Yeah, yeah definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Fucking hell, I feel like a comedian. You know how comedians, they'll do an hour, a little start at the beginning and then they'll try and bring it all the way back. <laughs> uh, uh, Ross Noble does it. He does that a lot. Well, we've come up to an hour. I would like to put you on the spot and I want two top tips. Two top tips. Or one. Okay. <laughs> Depending. <laughs> for, for looking after yourself? Yeah. What are your top tips on being well? And like, what are the biggest things you've learned? Well, we have talked about a lot of them, but we'll yeah. just try and condense it. Yeah. Well, I suppose one of the most powerful things that someone ever told me, it was one of those, you know, sometimes you have a moment in therapy where you just kind of go, whoa, you know, the, where you yeah. really kind of get an insight into something. And I was talking to my counsellor, um, shout out Sean, about like how I talk to myself and how I berate myself and that bullying, that horrible voice, you know. Yeah. And, um, and we were just chatting about that. And he, he said to me, like, how would you these things you say to yourself, how would you feel if someone else said them to you? And I was like, I'd be, oh, I'd feel really sad. I'd feel really angry. And he said, well, then why are you saying them to yourself? And I just had this like moment and it seems really obvious now, you know, it seems really, really obvious, but in that moment, I'd never looked at it from that, that perspective. And I think a lot of people say stuff like, you know, um, you know, don't talk to yourself in a way that you wouldn't talk to your best mate and stuff like that. But um, yeah, for me, that was powerful. I was like, hang on a minute. Like, why am I what? saying these nasty things? Yeah. This is mean. This is downright mean. And you're not a mean person. So don't be mean to yourself. And, and I can that was, control that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just how I am. I'm not yeah. actually shit, you know? And um, so that, that for me was, um, yeah, that was huge in that moment. That was the first time where I felt like I took a step towards changing my behavior and changing, you know, how I spoke and how I talked to myself. So that was a big one. And, you know, just be kind to yourself, man. You know, that's that's huge kindness. You know, like 
don't put all the pressure to do all the things because that's not necessary. Everyone's mental health journey is a, is a puzzle and that puzzle is individual to everyone. And you've got to find your own pieces and that process of finding those pieces is, it's not easy and it's not nice and it's not pleasant and it's scary as fuck. And it's not necessarily quick, but if you can find some of the right pieces and slot them together and make your own puzzle, then, um, yeah, it'll be all right, man. There's fucking hope. You can be okay. You can have a nice life. That's it, man. That's what people need to believe, right? You can you can be fine. It's not game over, man. Keep swinging. You, you can have a nice life. You can be better than you thought, you know? You really can. People can. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. I love Thank all you, of man. that. And I totally agree. Right, that's it, mate. I want to Job finish done. there. Because that was really good. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you Tom. You're superstar. My pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. This is the mouth. This is the mouth. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.